0: Okay, David, yes. acted with courage. Anybody else you can yeah. think of? Daniel, all right. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego sometimes known as the bad Negro. Who else? What about somebody um, today, someone you know, someone, someone that you're acquainted with, a friend, a relative, co-worker? Think of okay. anybody who you know that acted with courage. Brenda. This is Brenda. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know something? I can say I acted with courage because something happened yesterday to me, and I wanted to, to say something. And the spirits to say to me, "I could have tell the rest of the disciples everything that I've been told." But hmm. what happened to me yesterday would Jesus but you know, I tell me this morning that this I say Lord you pay me. Hmm. And I did my homework for the first time. This <laughs> really encouraged me to okay. so I did not say anything. But pray for me because I can't talk in this spray say who say. Okay. <laughs> but you know that people take your things.
2: <laughs>
1: Anyhow, pray for me. Pray okay.
0: For me. All right. Let's look at Bible meets life. Somebody want to read that?
1: Who doesn't love the beautiful <coughs> palm trees swing, swaying in the breeze on ocean beaches? But what's beautiful can, but what's beautiful can sometimes be at? Let you see news footage of hurricanes striking tropical towns. We'll likely see scores of palm trees, once tall and majestic, uprooted and thrown all around the beach. Here in those same towns, you can probably find oak trees still standing tall. The difference is in the roots. Palm trees have shallow roots, while oaks have roots that go deep into the ground. In life, have you noticed how? Some people always seem to stand for the benefits of opposition growth. Just like the trees. it all depends on their roots. Psalm 119 celebrates the sufficiency of God's word to meet our every need. As we explore verse 17 to 24, we we'll see that God's word is sufficient to sustain us even in the most difficult times. Opposition surely will come, but when our roots go deep into God's word, he strengthens us and gives us the courage to stand. Amen.
0: Okay. So what's the point of our lesson today?
1: Because of God's word, I can stand in a world that
0: opposes me. Okay. You can stand in a world that is in opposition against you because of what? Word. because of God's word, because of the power of God's word. Okay, let's look at um, the verses on page 31. Let's read verses 17 to 21 on page 31. Feel generously with your servant so that I might live.
1: Then I will keep your word. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful
0: things from your instruction. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. I am continually overcome with longing for your judgments. Okay. Question number two. Just before we get to the, to the comment, there, look at question number two. How would you summarize the psalmist's request in these verses? Look at the verses again. How would you summarize his request? In these verses. Keep me on you. Hmm? Keep me focused. Okay. Allow you to stay focused on him?
1: Okay. Hunger for, for the word. Hmm? Hungry
0: for the word. A hunger for the word? Okay. What else do we see? That we how can we can summarize these words? Alright, then let's go back to let's go back to the comments beneath that verse. Let's look at those comments. Someone read those please.
1: In verse 17, the psalmist described himself as your servant. Yes, listen two fundamental characteristics that define the true servant of God. True servants live the word of God. The psalmist was a faithful servant of God. But he didn't ask for to deal with him based on the merits of his service. Instead, he prayed, deal generously, generously with your servant. I <clears throat> request and reflect the grace, goodness, and generosity of the master. His words remind us we have a benevolent master to whom we can bring large petitions with great expectations. True servants learn the word of God. In verse 18, the psalmist petitioned God to open my eyes so that I I may comprehend wonderful things from your instruction. Many wonderful things abound throughout the pages of Scripture, but we'll miss them unless God opens our eyes to see them. Without the illumination of God's Spirit, we cannot understand what God has inspired. This time is not when we call God, call himself God's servant, but also a stranger on earth, a sojourner and a pilgrim traveling to a foreign land on his way home. Life in this state is fleeting and temporary. We are not here to stay. A time is coming when we will leave this world to go to our eternal womb. That's why Paul wrote that our citizenship is in heaven.
0: Next page.
1: This citizenship is about more than just our destination beyond this world. It's also about being set apart in this world. Something should be different about people who have devoted themselves to God and his word because when we are transformed, we no longer conform to the world. It's interesting that the psalmist neither prayed for safety on his pilgrimage, nor for success. In this world, he only prayed, do not hide your commands from me. He prayed that God would provide what a traveler needs most. A good map, a true compass, and a sure path. In effect, the psalmist was asking God to illuminate his path. As stranger on earth we need As strangers on earth, we need God's word to keep us focused. Because when we focus on God's word, he gave us the strength to stand courageously in a world where we don't belong. Before you go on, can I um, inject a minute here? I wanted to really be time that I can just read this. I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm just reading the prayer Mm -hmm. on this for Saturday, February. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible, your word to us. Give us wisdom and guidance as we read its pages. Mm -hmm. Make us sensitive to your voice.
0: And gave us hearts to obey. I think that was so beautiful. I wanted to be here before we started. Okay. So notice the last paragraph. On page 31. It says the psalmist. Not only called. Himself God's servant. But also a stranger. On earth. Do you often feel like a stranger on earth? (coughs) We don't belong here. We're just passing through. Sometimes we get so entrenched that we think that things ought to go the way we want it to go. But when you go to somebody's house, you're visiting, you see some things that is not to your liking. Can you change it? You can't change it because that's not your house. All right? And so we need to remember that about our time in this world. There are some things that, there are a lot of things that we don't like. All right? while there are some things we can change, there are others we can't. And so the psalmist is is reminded that he's a stranger on earth, a sojourner, a pilgrim, traveling through a foreign land on his way home. Life on this earth is fleeting and temporary. We're not here to stay. Time is coming when we will leave this world to go to our eternal home. That's why Paul wrote that our citizenship is in heaven.
1: Lord, you know, I think for us, we don't set our mind and keep it set on the things above. We, we, we really... No, right we right oscillate right. between the two. You know, we, mm-hmm. we spend more time focusing and enjoying this life. You know, we, we like... We know what we have now. We're being sure what we get. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's why. You go here and
0: say, Lord, let me know.
1: We already with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. hear everybody, everybody yeah. into
0: that like that. Some what the song said, everybody talking about heaven, but not everybody want go there? Yeah, you know, Everybody, Everybody talk about heaven, but not everybody want to go. There? Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody not everybody want there. To go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah.
2: yeah. Some people don't have any plans, but they have hair. So
0: they're
1: not interested in it.
0: They're simpatic. Yeah. Okay, question number three. In what ways do Christians live as strangers in today's world? What are the ways that we live as strangers today as Christians? What are some of the ways?
1: We love the things that focus more on him.
0: Okay. I'm
1: saying this is what we should be. Mm -hmm. We should be more focused on the things that matters to him. The things that would hurt him we don't do. Okay. Yeah, I know if I am saying it
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul said that in Romans, that which I do, I don't do, that which I should yes, do.
1: Yes, yes,
0: Yeah, Paul says that. Yes. Okay, so in what other ways do we as Christians live with strangers in the world?
2: Sometimes you don't mingle with other non-believers.
0: <laughs> okay, sometimes you don't mingle with other non-believers, okay. Do you
2: just stand to stand yeah. with other Christians.
0: All right. Okay, even though we should have unchristian friends so that we can reach them with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's not for the sake of having a friendship. You. you see, when we get involved with in unsaved people, it ought to be with a motive. Our motive is to reach them for the Lord, mm-hmm. not to just come, not just for camaraderie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: exactly, you'll find yourself involved in what they're involved in. Mm-hmm. Okay, for those of you involved in the... Many church, the Seeds uh, video sessions that we're doing is talking about how you can have friendships with people who are not saved. And you should, if you're going to be able to reach people, for the, reach the lost, you need to have friendship with those who are not saved. Okay, but don't become comrades with them. Okay, what are and one other the ways that Christians live as strangers in today's world.
1: I think one of the things too, we enjoy coming together and we really like in our own setting. We like go to our setting but we appreciate one another. Just like you said in many churches, we are happy being together with one another. Okay. You know, that's the way I don't Just not doing what sinners do. Okay, not doing what
0: sinners do. Okay. Okay, here's an alternative question to that then what are the positives and negatives of living as a stranger on earth? What are the positives and what are the negatives of living as strangers in this world? My pastor, we don't belong here we just pass and choose our citizenship is heaven. So what are the positives first of living in this world?
2: Your Christian friends help you stay on track instead mm-hmm. of get off with the worldly things. Okay. And
1: we uphold
0: each other. Okay, Christian support. Okay. okay, Encouragement, what else? Encouragement. Encouragement, okay. Those are the positives. What are the negatives?
2: Just being among themselves. Huh? Ourselves. As a being? Meeting in God's house.
0: Okay, that's a negative?
2: That's, that's a positive. Positive. That's okay. positive.
0: Okay, what are the negatives? When you don't like going
1: to church, you don't. Nothing about God you like.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. okay yeah.
0: okay what about persecution uh, what about people getting on your case because you're a Christian um, that's a negative right yeah, uh, if, you two, if you
2: make any little mistake they'll be like oh wow you know I thought she said she was a Christian yeah
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> so fall anyway, uh, you down
2: your criticism make okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay what about uh, what about going somewhere? Uh, and you're not, you're the only person there, um, and you don't feel comfortable. You have situations like that, right? You you go to a function or a party, and and you're the only one, then you feel out of place. Okay, that's one of the negatives, right? of living as a stranger on earth. Because there are times you find ourselves in situations where you don't feel like you should be there. I had a problem
1: when I was playing ball
0: and all the rest of the boys used to drink afterwards. Uh-huh. I to sign around but it was stuff I never got it. Okay yeah see that's a good example. Yeah. All right where you're getting engaged in some function or activity that is not Christian and you feel out of place. Okay um, There's something else that Paul mentions here. Uh, The psalmist in verse 19. The psalmist referred to himself as a stranger on earth. And he he, he, um, highlights that God's people of every time and period are strangers in the world. There's never been a time when God's people have not been strangers. Meaning... The world is made up of everyone and everything that opposes God. His word, it opposes God, opposes his word, and it opposes God's ways. Jesus told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. That's in John 18, 36. And he said that his followers are in the world, but not of the world. That's John 17. The apostle Peter wrote of believers as strangers temporary residence in this world. Whenever you go to the states, you're reminded that you don't belong there, right? Because it's different. A lot of things that, 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 that the states are accustomed for, you are not. Okay, so you quickly are mindful that, you know, this is not my place. Okay, I'm just visiting. All right. I often say that I don't mind visiting the states, but I don't want to live there. Because I've lived there. Alright, and I don't like some of the things about living in the States. Alright, especially taxes. Okay, they have too much taxes. You know, I remember the first time I got my utility bill. I look at it, I all the taxes. What? Federal tax, state tax, local tax, taxes, taxes, taxes. And then I wonder, I, I, I realized how some people often fall through the cracks. Because they can't afford to pay all those taxes, and Uncle Sam got to have it. He got to have his taxes, all right? And so that's one of the things that I don't like about the states. It's fine to visit, (laughs) but to live there. And then of course there is the, the, the other element that still lingers, the prejudice, okay, that some people still have, all right? And that's something that uh, is historical with the United States. And I saw a, a, a fella got attacked one time and and I got accused as being along with him. And I didn't even know the fella. Oh,
2: wow. Okay, the
0: fella was standing there, he got in an altercation in a, in, a, in a department store with this fella and my friend, me and my friend were there, my other friend in ministry, we were both there, we went there to return an item that was malfunctioning, a, a scientific calculator he had and, something went wrong when he went to return it, and there was another fella there, and the fella was walking around the store, uh, and, and this guy uh, was there, and he wanted to get some help, and there was nobody there to help him, and he picked up the store phone and tried to call, and the and the white guy telling me, hey, you shouldn't be on the phone, and the fella said, oh, you'll do what? And of course, an altercation started, and he hit the fella. Okay, the black guy hit the white guy. Wow. And the white guy went sailing and there was blood all over the place. And the black guy took off out of the store and ran in. And the, one of the ladies who worked at the store, we, went behind, we, we ran behind the black guy to try to catch him so that he could be held accountable. And the lady in the store saw us going behind the guy and she said, Stop them three black guys! All together? We were all together because of the color of our skin when we were actually trying to catch the guy who did it. All right, so that's one of the other things that makes you kind of feel out of place. As a stranger in this world. And there are a whole lot of other things. That we could think of. That makes you feel out of place. As a believer in this world. When you're criticized because of your faith. Alright. That makes you feel like a stranger right. And there's a whole lot of things. Okay. What. uh, Let's move on then. Because we are strangers on earth. It's common for disciples of Jesus. To experience insult. And persecution, as I was just mentioning, from those who oppose the gospel. Okay, they like to attack us because of what we believe, and that's globally. All right, wherever you go, you would find Christians being attacked because of what they believe. Verse twenty to twenty-one addresses this reality. So let's look at, uh, let's read uh, verses twenty and twenty-one on page thirty-two.
1: You rebuke the proud once under curse, who wanders from your commands? Take insults and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees.
0: Okay. Take contempt, what? Insults and contempt away from me, for I have kept your, what? Decrees. decrees. and what are, what's the other word for decrees? Commands or laws, right? Okay. This verse points to the psalmist's autobiographical experience. The psalmist stated a truth. God rebukes the proud. And he always does. He always has. He always we read the scripture, we'll see that God always rebukes the proud. God hates pride. Okay, to rebuke means to censure severely. It means to reprimand. It means to reprove. When used in relation to God, this time is used primarily in reference to His judgment against nations and commands toward nature. The Bible repeatedly speaks of God's displeasure with the proud, over and over again. We see it in Second Samuel, and we see it a lot in Proverbs too. One of the differences between a healthy self-confidence and pride is the need for others, particularly God in a person's life. Many, if not most, proud people see little or no need for God, or others to help them develop the proper lifestyle. Remember when Donald Trump said he don't pray to God because he don't think he'd do anything wrong? That's the kind of person he's talking about here. In contrast, the Psalmist repeatedly recognizes his need for God. And God's word in his life You look at this He's always talking about how he needs God He's always talking about how he needs God's word God's word also helped the psalmist Deal with proud people And the persecution he suffered At the hands of those proud people Okay so we see how important God's word is To help us to have courage right Okay let's look at the paragraphs there. Uh, beneath that verse.
1: In verse 21, the psalmist gave a threefold description of those who receive divine review. Their character. Died. They are insult, proud, and arrogant. If God has a warning for such people, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before all their condition, they are under a curse, and this is a terrible curse. Indeed, don't be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever man sows, he will also reap, because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. They are They wander from your commands. Those who rebel against God's word will face serious consequences. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. The psalmist longed for protection from a number of enemies who were persecuting him. Fortunately, those enemies drove him to God. Apparently, the psalmist wasn't experiencing physical threats. Instead, his enemies were targeting him with re- rational? Relational. 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 Relational?
0: Relational? Relational? No. Got it, okay.
1: That's why he wrote Take insults and turn them away from me. This reminds us that people don't have to hit you to hurt you. They can hurt you with lies, tongues, and insults. When the psalmist faced scorn and contempt, he prayed that the Lord would take it away from him. Similarly, when people mistreat us in today's world, we shouldn't take matters into our own hands. We don't need to respond in, in in kind, unkind to those who persecute us. Instead, we can retain, we can claim to trust Christ and seek his deliverance. The good news is that God's word will keep us focused on him, the one who delivers us and keeps us strong, <coughs> even as we face the ashes opposition
0: Okay, and notice, uh, the psalmist says, when he faced scorn and contempt, he prayed that the Lord would take him, take it away from him. Similarly, when people mistreat us in today's world, we shouldn't take matters into our own hand. Is that always the case? No. No, we won't get them back, right? <laughs> yeah, but we won't get even. We want to make them hurt like they hurt us. But it tit for tat, butter for You give my dog, I killed your cat. All right? We won't get them back. Okay. The psalmist says that shouldn't be. Okay. We shouldn't take matters into our own hands. We don't need to respond in kind to those who persecute us. Instead, we turn into Christ and seek His deliverance. The good news is that God's word will keep us focused on Him. That's important. We focus on God's Word and keep us focused on Him. The one who delivers us and keeps us strong even as we face the harshest, the most difficult opposition. And um, the devil is going to be the advocate that he always is. If you were able to overcome one opposition, he's going to make the next one a little bit more stronger. Yeah. All right? To see if you really got it. Okay, so as we conclude with verses 23 to 24, we find a, a reminder of why it's so important to prioritize God's Word in our lives. And the key there is prioritize. So let's read the, the last verses there, 23 and 24, on page 34. What
2: about the question? What's Someone the
1: can read, or I want, uh, you want me to read? I take
0: it, you know? <laughs> okay, let's look at the question. We shall mention the question. Uh, what are some appropriate responses when Christians face insult and contempt?
1: Just keep quiet. Keep quiet, okay. But I often, in Isaiah 53,
0: I often wonder,
1: he says, like a sheep before her shirt mm-hmm. is dumb. He opened not his mouth you know for so people to doing all these things and people I doing daddy didn't know daddy but you know after a while our strength is in and then, he, then he'll we can strong yeah. but, these, now this is like what did Jesus do? he opened all his he mouth you. <laughs> I, have, right. can't me tonight. I have a lesson I study every morning from now on am to you. trust me with <laughs> you <laughs> I keep saying this are you doing so that he opened it <laughs> not his mouth. but then in Romans 12 19 he says, vengeance is mine vengeance is I will thing. Mm-hmm. and then he can get to the place are, that is more law is vengeance is mine
0: what a we see have. God can do a better job than is you God can, can you do vengeance all right, and sometimes we think we need we can do better. Yes, ma'am. But God can do it better. Right. But you know, we live in a time where <laughs> we live in a time when you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Yes. Okay. where if you don't respond, the poison thinks, "Oh, you 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 me. You you think you're too good for me that you can't answer me." And then if you respond. Yes. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah. Okay, so
0: you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.
2: You're okay, telling
0: me to pray, okay. pray
2: for you. Okay. You pray for them. All right. Who are you? <laughs>
0: Well, I'll, I'll just leave you to Jesus. Jesus, oh, yeah. Jesus will take and care of you. You know, the Lord will take care of you. Jesus, God says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. All right, so you simply, either you don't respond to you just say, You know, the Lord will take care of you.
2: But, but these days, so anything wrong. that some
0: people are? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you keep day, just Exactly,
0: because they think you're, you're disrespecting them by ignoring them. <laughs> All right, so you got another problem. All right, so. Leave it to the Lord. Trust the Lord that um, He will take care of it, and He would orchestrate the whole situation. All right? Because I've seen, I've heard of individuals who've gotten in a lot of trouble. Okay, let's look at the verse uh, twenty-three, twenty-four.
2: princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Your decrees are my delight and my counsels. The verse. 23, the psalmist revealed the source of his mistreatment. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he had enemies in high places. What would you do if you were in his predicaments? Mm-hmm. Would you run and fear, retaliate, compromise? Mm-hmm. Or would you do what the psalmist did? Your servants will think about your statutes. No matter what others did or said, the psalmist focused his mind and heart on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. The psalmist could stand because he kept his focus on God's perspective, forcibly for him and for us. This focus on God would provide two additional benefits the life. Your degree are my delight. Verse 24. Was Wasn't the first time the psalmist expressed joy over God's word? It already declared, I rejoice in the way, I rejoice in the way revealed by your degree as much as in all riches. and I will delight in your statutes. It's important to see that the psalmist did didn't base his joy on the material, temporary, or changing things of this world. Rather, he based his joy on the living, powerful, and unfailing Word of God. As a result, he was able to maintain his joy even in the midst of suffering. We too can find great joy in the light of the true wisdom and promises of god's word direction your degree are my counsel God's word is our counsel our, our guide and our direction this the scriptures causes us in, in the way we should go and they will never lead us astray all that remain in is for us to take God at his word and trust him. As Solomon wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you in the right path.
0: Okay, so uh, the psalmist says, In verse 23, the psalmist revealed the source of his mistreatment. Clearly, he had enemies in high places. What would you do if you were in his predicament? Would you run in fear, retaliate, or compromise? Or would you do what the psalmist did? Your servant will think about your statutes no matter what others did or said the psalmist focuses mind and his heart on the word of God so that's what we ought to do okay? no matter how people treat us what do we do think
2: about God's promises to us right we think about God's word we quick to think
0: and so to speak we <laughs> quick to think and so to speak okay very good okay question number five when has God's word been a counselor in your life When was the last time you did what the psalmist did? Yesterday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) And this morning.
0: Okay. So God's word should always be a counselor in our lives. Whenever we face those predicaments, uh, those challenges, uh, where we are challenged to either run away with fear or retaliate or get even, or compromise.
2: We ought to think about
0: God's word as our counsel. you can do
2: anything, so you gotta try and yeah. go up to go
0: Exactly. Okay. And
2: it's
1: a mindset too, you know. Some people just believe they have to get even. No,
0: this is somebody. Some people just, just cannot settle for the fact that they do not have the last word. <laughs> some people are just have to have the last word. Okay, they don't feel good unless they have the last word. Okay. And that's a character trait right. that people have and for the christian who has that character trait it's a real challenge to be able to control all that. that all right but here the psalmist says you've got to be able to control it by relying on god's word as their counsel okay um we have an activity there it's called standing strong on page 35. Um, which of the following images best illustrates how the Bible helps you stand strong in a society that is increasingly opposed to God's will? Which one of those images reflect your, how the Bible helps you stand strong? I don't
1: understand Sir, can I can't make this so the first one is standing
0: strong. Okay, the, the, the first one is a building. Is a building. The second one is a person is a police officer with a shield. It's a riot squad officer. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The person with the umbrella protection from the weather. Mm -hmm. And then of course, there's a sword. So which one best illustrates how you, okay, (laughs) 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 which one, which (laughs) one, uh,
2: I think for
0: me, the umbrella of The umbrella,
2: okay. Okay.
0: Anybody? I the umbrella, is? You're the umbrella too. Anyone else? So
1: number, number one, umbrella. That's
0: a foundation. That's a strong building.
1: Umbrella foundation
0: is Jesus Christ. Okay, so that the, the building is your own. Okay.
1: All
0: right. What steps can you take this week to increase your reliance on God's word?
1: Stay focused in his word. not his love.
0: Okay, stay focused. Okay, do what Jesus did. Yes ma'am. Okay.
2: Because if you stay in his word, maybe when somebody comes and confronts you, you'll be able to remember in your mind mm-hmm. some
0: scripture that you could yeah. think about instead of speaking and saying something to
2: that you can't think yeah,
0: about. aggravate the situation. Okay, back to the point. Because of God's word, I can stand in a world that opposes me. Right? Because of God's word. Only because of God's word can you stand against a world that opposes you. Notice Charles Spurgeon's quote on page 35
1: In the Bible, I would just as soon defend a lion. Stand the
0: Bible, and it will defend itself. <laughs> that's right. God's word do not need you to defend that's it. For sure. Okay, and that's why it's a counselor. Okay, and we need to remember that. Okay, let's look at uh, uh, page thirty-six. How we can apply this? How do we can live this out? How are you prepare now to take a stand on God's word whenever necessary? Consider the following suggestions: Stand straight. Identify things. You watch, read, or listen to that offer a different worldview than what God offers through His Word. Remove those negative influences as necessary. Get rid of them. Secondly, stand together. As a group, identify scriptures that have helped you stand courageously in the past. Post those scriptures in your meeting place or share them online. Well, you can share them online. Stand with others people around you may be facing insult or contempt because of their decision to walk with Christ. Encourage them, pray with them, walk with them, help them remain grounded in God's word. I'm sure we know somebody who's facing criticism and, and insult because of their stand. And finally, you will experience persecution in this life. The good news is that you get to determine how you will respond. You get to determine how you will respond. You will be a pa- will you be a palm tree or an oak? An oak. <laughs> it's your choice. Got it strong okay? <coughs> if the word of God is your counselor, then you're an oak.
1: I'll be an oak, and okay. well, everybody wants to
0: get. if you're not, then it's a palm tree.
1: No,
0: no. Easily uprooted. Easily upset. Okay. Easily to get vexed. Yeah. Alright? Alright, let's close time is gone